Is there a contract standoff between the Maple Leafs and William Nylander? We'll update you on the latest there and tell you all about Toronto's new coaching hire. All that more coming up on the Locked On Leafs podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into the Locked On Leafs podcast, a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast hosted by myself, Mike DiStefano, and my co-host, Dave Morissuti. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel, the official sportsbook of the Locked On Network. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Dave, we've heard some very unsettling things when it comes to the contract negotiations between the Toronto Maple Leafs and William Nylander. Uh, it doesn't sound like these two uh, parties are are close right now, does it? No, it's uh, it's a unfortunate situation that once again, the Leafs are in a position where Nylander and contract negotiations are like mixing like water and oil it just doesn't yeah. go well. No, uh, obviously, it, it, it's not going well right now. Uh, Lewis Gross, the agent for William Melander, is uh, making things a little difficult. He's trying to do best by his client, obviously. And it's funny because it is a pretty polarizing conversation. There are some people who look at Nylander and say, of course that guy's worth $10 bucks. Why should he, of all people, leave money on the table when everyone else is getting the bag here? And when you look at the cap escalating, you know he is definitely a guy who should be willing to uh, you'd be willing to go to ten million bucks for. I'm curious to see where you sit on that, Dave. Like, what to you is considered a fair contract? Because according to the insiders, uh, both Elliot Friedman and Chris Johnson have said that Nylander is looking for a contract in the ten million dollar range. That's what the they're asking for. Whereas the Maple Leafs, they see him more in the eight million dollar range. And somewhere with an eight between eight and nine million, obviously eight point seven, eight point eight, something like that. Uh, where do you see that number being? Not necessarily what you would consider to be a a good deal, but what is he? What is he valued at? In your opinion, I I had him in like the eight point five to eight point eight range for a new deal. It's a raise on what he made before. I understand that maybe because the cap is going up, some believe he should get more, but I'm also looking at what other players signed not too long ago with the same idea that the cap is escalating in of itself, but they didn't get over the $9 million hump either, right? Like I look at each tier of contracts, you know, when you go from the seven to the eights to the nines to the tens, like each one has its own tier of players. And how many people realistically do you think would put William the other in that 10 plus million dollar tier range that he is looking for? Cause I don't know if I could really see many agreeing that he is in that tier of players, right? Would, would you like to know who is in that tier of player, Dave, I can go over them and you let me know which one you prefer, because I thought the same thing, but then I also mm-hmm. kind of looked at this list. I'm like, man, some of these guys, 
are overpaid uh, at the same time. But yeah. all in all, I, 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 I'm not sure I would take Nylander over about 90% of these players who are making between nine and a half and 10 million bucks. So let's play a game here, Dave. Uh, would you rather, would you rather William Nylander or Jonathan Huberto? Huberto. Right. And Huberto's making 10 and a half million, actually. So that's a little unfair. But Huberto, you would definitely take uh, over him. Uh, would you rather take $10 million Alex Barkov or Nylander at $10 million? Uh, one Alexander Barkov, please. Eichel or Nylander? Jack Eichel. Okay. Bobrovsky's making 10 sheets. That We, we know that that okay. one's a, definitely a tough one. We'll take Nylander over Bobrovsky. Kopitar or Nylander? I take Kopitar. I would also take Kopitar over Nylander at ten million bucks. Those are all the players that are making ten million dollars um, in that in that range. Obviously, there's more like Marner, Tavares, Pasternak. But if you look around the NHL, there are only fifteen players, fifteen players who make ten million or more. You're trying to tell me that William Nylander is a top 15 player in the NHL and deserves to be paid that way? I'm sorry to tell you, but I don't think that is the case. I just don't see how he's worth that much money. I look at him, I look at him a little bit more than you. You say eight five to eight eight. I think eight eight to nine. I think if you could stay in the high eights and and maybe give him a nine million dollar contract. I think that's probably the range that I'm comfortable uh, at valuing him at. Cause I do think that he's a super talent. I mean, the guy did just rattle off a 40 goal season. Like that's pretty incredible for, uh, for him to do. He's in his prime. And, you know, this year we saw him take some steps defensively when he was on his game. You saw a, a semblance of consistency this year. He wasn't the streaky, you know, Nylander that he was uh, last year in the you know previous seasons. And we saw when he's, away from Tavares, he's a really good hockey player. So I think that he probably is worth in the realm of, of 8.8 to, to 9 million. I mean, the guy wears number 88, just take your 8.8 and go home, please go like sign literally 8.8888888. Like just do a cute little contract like that. And let's call this thing a, a done deal. But it sounds like he wants a lot more money than that. looks like he's trying to get in the $10 million range. But even if you look at the players who are making between, you know, nine million or above, like there's not many dudes who I would, um, not many guys that I would take Nylander over um, some of these players. Like we're looking at guys like uh, Ovechkin, you've got Kucherov, Adam Fox, Seth Jones, Braden Point, Charlie McAvoy, Andre Vasilevsky, Matthew Kachuk, uh, Mark Stone, Miko Rantanen. I would probably take. I'd probably take him over Darnell Nurse. I'd probably take him over Nicholas Backstrom. But now you're getting to Matt Barzell. And, and yeah, I probably would take um, – I, I, yeah, I probably would go with Neyland over Barzell. But Barzell just signed that deal, and he plays center, which is definitely something that's worth a little bit more. So Barzell making 9.15. I think that extra .15 million is probably worth the fact that he plays center and, and – you know, that to me is probably the difference, right? Like, I, I think that's more of the comparable that we're looking at a 26 year old first round pick who scored a bunch of goals, high point guy, um, very offensively gifted. I think that's about the range in which you would look at 
a William Nylander deal and say, this is why we believe you're worth about $9 million. That's your comparable for me is Matthew Barzell, who makes 9.15. Yeah, like that's why I mentioned the tiers, right? Because every time you look at the new tier, that's who you're comparing Nylander with. And that's why I'm having a hard time seeing, first off, the value that he's asking for. And I can see why the Leafs are seeing him in a, at a much different value, just because he he doesn't equate to what those other players are. And look, they and some of these players, as I said, signed even with the idea that the salary cap will eventually go up. Kachuk signed, you know, last year. Timo Meyer signed this year. Um, Matt, you know, Jonathan Huberto signed last year. Like some of these guys signed even while knowing that the cap was going to be going up eventually. Who would you rather, Timo Meyer or William Nylander? Uh, I this is a toss up for me. I like if you're looking at like style of play and like upside, I think Nylander has a little more upside, but I think Timo Meyer is the more consistent player and does a lot more things but Nylander does some things exceptionally well while Meyer does a lot of things right both coming off 40 goal seasons both with one more year left until uh, they hit unrestricted free agency Timo Meyer just signed he signed an eight-year deal at 8.8 million bucks like that's what we're talking about here Um, you know the fact that you're having a tough time coming up with it and you're kind of saying it's a toss-up that looks like another really good comparable yeah. For William Nylander's Timo Meyer's eight point eight million, and Meyer plays a, a harder game. Like he is willing to to play on both sides, and he is, you know, someone who goes hard to the net, goes to the paint. In terms of expected goals, he's always right up at the top uh, in high danger chances. Always way up at the top um, in the NHL. So I think that's probably where I'm looking at is you know Timo Meyer's eight point eight you know, maybe you can stretch it to nine just to make it happen, just to get this deal done. But I don't see it stretching much further past nine. Maybe you can, I don't know. I think again, I just don't think Brad Treliving, like he's been down this road before with Lewis gross. Like if you go back and you look at uh, the podcast that we did right when Brad Treliving took over as general manager, we talked about the fact that it's going to be an interesting offseason. Like Matthews, it sounded all along like Matthews. That deal is just a matter of time before it gets complete um, and that it does get signed. It sounds like it's a formality. It's just how long is he going to sign for? He is going to sign. It's going to be at least three years, but we don't know exactly what that number is going to be. Uh, in terms of Nylander, it's, it's not as open shut a case here. And, you know, Tree Living's been down this road with Lewis Gross as er, as as uh, often as last season, last offseason, when he had Johnny Goudreau, who, you know, they talked over the summer, they weren't close on an extension, and then ultimately Goudreau played out the season and then walked as a free agent. Um, and, you know, there's, there's the thought in, in the back of people's minds that maybe he would be willing to make that same gamble you know, both player, both the player and Nylander willing to make that gamble and the general manager may be willing to make that gamble. But I, I don't really think that the team can afford to do something like that. I mean, there's already cries for change somehow within this group. Yeah. Um, a pretty easy way to say, you know, when questioned, oh, I, I thought you wanted to keep the core four together. Yeah, we did. But the one guy didn't want to be here based on the fact that he didn't sign an extension. So we had to move him. It's really a perfect excuse to actually 
make some change here at the core four if you think about it. Yeah, it's it's pretty much like as Brad Chilving makes it like there's no assurances. They're gonna do their best to make the deal work, but it's gotta it's a business. And in a business, the deal has to make sense for the Leafs, right? You want to pay – the Leafs would love to pay Nylander whatever he wants. But guess what? That's not the that's not the way the NHL works. That's not the business anymore. Like, the Leafs have caught themselves in positions where they've tried the best to make the Stars happy, and it's, and it's you know, it's hurt them. Like, I hear – I heard saw one tweet where someone says, just sign Nylander and then make the cap work. I said – this literally happened how many years ago? Sign these guys, doesn't matter, then make the cap work. Well, at what point do you have to say, start saying, you know what? We can't be always trying to make the cap work around four guys. Yeah, tell you, tell you what, I, I, I do want to pick up on that point uh, in, in just a moment, and we will. We'll continue this discussion and whether or not a trade makes sense for William Melander, or if you just bite the bullet and you, you go a little bit higher. Uh, on the AAV. So we'll have that discussion in just a moment. So don't go anywhere. But first, I do want to tell you about one of today's show sponsors. And it's our good friends over at FanDuel. Uh, take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks, You'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 that you can spend betting everything from the money line, the over-under, to who you think's going to win or hit the first home run. All on the app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on the MLB or the NHL, for that matter, than on FanDuel. It's North America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets that's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, the official partner of the LockedOn Network. Welcome back into the LockedOn Leafs podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morissuti. Uh, appreciate everyone for uh, tuning into today's show. Just a reminder, if you're new, uh, thank you, by the way, for giving us a, a chance. Hopefully you've enjoyed the content. If you have, we ask that you would subscribe. We do have new videos coming out each and every weekday monday through friday so uh it's the off season for most but not for dave and i dave and i keeping this thing going uh throughout the summer as well um so we're having this discussion dave about william nylander and about you know whether or not uh, a a trade might end up being you know what this team could end up having to do with william nylander and what was the point that you were making at the very end just kind of refreshed my memory because there was some a jumping off point that I wanted to get to. And I kind of forgot to scribble it down. Well, it, it was just like, I, I, I said, I saw a tweet that someone said, you know, sign, just get Nylander done, make the cap work later. And I said, like, at some point you have to say the, the, the budget has to work with these guys. You can't just continually bend to the stars and then have to potentially give up something that you would want to have because you're trying to make it all work. Yes. Actually, what I wanted to remind people is that Nylander is under contract next year. There's a lot of people who forget that. Uh, like yeah. I've seen it in our comment section. I've seen it on people responding to me on Twitter and everything talking about, oh, I still got to sign Nylander, still got to sign Nylander. When we talk about signing Nylander, it's signing him to an extension that begins not this upcoming year, but the year after. He's already signed next year. Like the amount of people when I put out that that way way too early, 
uh, prediction. People are like, well, there's no more money to sign Nylander. It's like, that's not true. That <laughs> Nylander's contract doesn't kick in until after this season. So I did just want to put that out there for those who um, forgot or maybe were misunderstanding the Nylander situation and the Matthew situation. When we're talking about an extension, them signing this offseason, it's not for this upcoming season. It's for the following year. So he's already on a contract next year at $6.9 million. It's quite the bargain, to be honest, for a guy who can score you six, uh, 40 goals this year and play, uh, you know, the the style of hockey that he does. That being said, Dave, it is a bargain at $6.9 million, and there are many teams that would love to have him playing on their team next year at $6.9 million that might be willing to pay him a little bit more than the $9 million or less or somewhere in the eights that Toronto is willing to give him. Like, let's be honest. As a standalone player, I don't think that it would be ludicrous for someone to offer him nine and a half to 10 if he was not a Maple Leaf with the current cap structure. There's just no way Toronto can get to that number. Like they, they just can't. They simply cannot get to that number whatsoever, not even close to it. So if they were to trade him to another team, I think it's possible that you could get to that number, or if you trade him to a, a low tax or a no tax date, obviously we've seen it before. You no longer need to sign for 10 million bucks to make your money. Now you can sign in the nines at 9 million, nine and a half million, the same way that Mackachuk did in a no tax Florida state and still make the same amount that you would be making here if you'd signed in Toronto. So there's another reason as to why, you know, some some guys go and sign other places, and it's like pretty sure Nashville is a no tax state, right? No, uh, no state tax. So, the, so the four and a half million that Ryan O'Reilly made by signing in Nashville, as opposed to here, actually made a lot more money. Uh, he, he'll have a lot more take home pay in Nashville than he will in Toronto. So always need to keep that in mind too when you're looking at contracts, and that's why you know a lot of these Maple Leafs and a lot of the guys in a lot of Canadian markets don't necessarily take the same discounts that you see guys in Florida or in, in Tampa or in Nashville or in Vegas, Dallas, all these other no tax uh, States, you know, they can afford to kind of take a little bit of a haircut because I mean, they essentially are, are getting more take home pay than if they were to take more money on an annual average salary in Toronto or in Ottawa or in Vancouver or, you know, even New York, which has a, uh, uh, you know, tax state, New Jersey's a tax state and they didn't uh you know they they Timo Meyer wasn't able to get much more money. Um my point is Dave when I, after all said and done after that very long tangent that I just went on about taxes um there are teams out there that would be willing to pay Nylander what he's asking for or at least get him to the take home pay that he wants with whatever AV works within that tax structure based on where they are. And if that's the case do you think a trade is something that is more um, likely today than maybe you did two weeks ago based off of the information that we're hearing? I think so. I, I just think that, it, you know, like cooler heads have to prevail at some point. Like you can try to crunch the numbers as much as you want, but if one side isn't willing to make, we don't know for sure. It Like it, it was, at, he wants 10, we don't know if that's like if he's willing to come off that at all. But if that's the case where he's not even willing to budge even even the slightest, like you have like the least just have eventually have to say, look, we we've seen how other teams have done it. 
they don't have three plus guys making $10 million. It's not even that I think he won't budge off 10, but like if they're at eight, eight, seven, let's say yeah. and he's at 10, they're like, okay, we can budge to nine, but I don't know if he'd be willing to budge that much. Yeah. It is like, I think that there's very little wiggle room for the Maple Leafs to go up. Nylander is going to have to come down significantly in my opinion, to get something done here. And look, if, if there's anything we learned through his first contract negotiation, that's not really his cup of tea. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he's willing to kind of hold out, play out the year, and then open the free agent market and go and get the bag next year when the cap explodes. That's also like something else that's in Nylander's favor. It's like, hey, if I go to the market, like there's a lot more money out there this year than there was last year. You know, like the reason why Bertuzzi was only able to get five and a half is because, again, it was a flat cap, right? Like a lot of these teams are hamstrung. But next year, when that cap jumps by $4 million, it's a lot more money to go around for, yeah. for players to sign. And, um, you know, and Nylander's got to be looking at that and saying, hey, this is kind of a bargaining chip that I have saying, if you don't want me to go to free agency, you know, you, you got to pay me what, what I think I'll get or what I, what I want. Here's my number. Or I'll test the test the market and I'll do that. Because if there's one thing we know about Nylander, uh, when he wants to play, man, this guy this guy is a $10 million player. The problem is that doesn't come around as often as we want it to. And uh, but if he's playing for a contract this year in a contract season, don't you know he's gonna go off for like 45 goals and like 89, 90 point season again. You just know it's gonna happen. Especially if the Leafs potentially play him up with on uh, a wing with John, with Matt Austin Matthews, yeah, we've seen, we've seen we see that you know Sheldon Keith was more more inclined to do that, and it worked right, especially at five on five. Here's something that most people don't maybe forget about last year: Austin Matthews had more five on five shifts with Nylander than he did with Marner last year. True story, by the way. Um, but again. I am of the belief, though, that this scenario doesn't even play out. Like, I, if, if he's trying to use it as leverage to get a higher deal, I don't know if Brad Trilliving is going to buy it. What I think he'll say is, if that's what you want, okay, I'm not taking that bait. What I'm going to do is I'm going to trade you. <laughs> like, I don't think that the Maple Leafs can afford to, to give him really anything more than $9 million because of where their structure's at now. And then, of course, we're going to hear in the comment section or on YouTube, well, you shouldn't have paid, you know, that extra $400,000 to David Camp. That extra 400000 could be the difference between, you know, Nylander saying yes at 9-4 and saying no at $9 million. But you had to give that extra money to David Camp, or you had to give a couple extra, you know, bucks to, to Ryan Reeves and had to give that money out to John Klingberg. It's like, okay, I get it. I understand. Sure, in a perfect world, the Maple Leafs got better value on some of those deals, but it's not. And ultimately, this is the cap structure that they have. And if if Nylander doesn't, you know, it's not even bending a knee. If I think taking where his market's at compared to, again, the comparables around the league, Meyer or um, Matt Barzell, I think you just got to kind of move on cut bait and, and trade them and try and get yourself the, the best return. Maybe you, you bring back two or three players and you really fill out the depth of this lineup. You bring back a stud defenseman who can play some top minutes for you. And I think that might be, uh, you know, the, the route that you would go if this stalemate lasts much longer. 
yeah, and, and maybe this is where you'll start to hear some teams potentially interested in a Will and Nylander trade just to just to let Nylander know, hey, there are teams interested in you. And I know where the, the thing is, is that any trade, Nylander's camp is just going to say, we won't sign an extension there. Or the team that asks, well, oh, let's talk to Nylander about getting an extension. And they're going to say, well, we want $10.5 million now. And they're going to be, they're going to tell the Leafs, ah, sorry, no dice. Like, I don't think a contract's going to work. That That is a play that the Nylander camp can make. But I think the Leafs should be at least putting some feelers out to see who would show interest. Yeah, and, and I think ultimately most teams should be calling to find out anyways. Like, yeah. I, I would doubt uh, if, if you know, Brad Trilving had to put out a memo, Nylander on the block, like, teams should be calling on this guy. Like, it's very well known uh, that he's potentially going to be available if you make the right uh, the right offer. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see what ends up happening. It's going to be uh, an interesting kind of – you know, a couple of months here leading to training camp, but I'll tell you what, in William Nylander, my my prediction is is he does not show up to training camp without a without a new deal. He's either going to be traded, or he's got a new contract, uh, a new extension from the Maple Leafs, but he will not show up to training camp without a deal done. I don't think Brad Treliving will get that far into this process without either trading him or agreeing to a deal and uh, getting this guy locked up. I, I don't think he's he's willing to go down the same route and, and roll the dice the way they did with Johnny Goudreau a year prior in Calgary. I just, I don't think that's, that's you know, good business. I don't think that's what he wants to do either. Not only that, do you really want to put yourself in a situation where any time Neilander goes up to a microphone or is in a scrum, he gets asked about his contract status? Well, I think by the time they get yeah. to training camp, though, they'll pretty much say, like, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to be talking about my contract for the rest of the year. Like, uh, Matthews did that this year where he said that. He talked mm -hmm. about it on the first day of training camp, and then he said, I'm not going to talk about this anymore for the rest of the season. And nobody asked him about it. The, the media got that, and they didn't, they didn't touch on it. They didn't ask him about it. So I would assume that – you know, similar situation and courtesy will be given to Nylander. Will it be talked about by by guys like us and pundits? Yeah, of course. But I don't think it'll be necessarily a distraction in the dressing room in terms of being asked uh, questions by media to his face. Will it be written about in The Athletic? Will Jonas Siegel have an article or two or CJ up on the Toronto Star? Most definitely. But I don't know if it's something that they, they bring into um, the room and, and ask him personally. I could be wrong, but I, I, you know, like I said, that they kind of did the exact same thing with with Matthews, and they respected those wishes. I, I would hope they would do the same with Willie if he uh, asked them not to. Um, but yeah, so we'll see where this goes. I mean, obviously, it, it sounds like they're they're not particularly close. Um, I'm sure they'll they'll work diligently as a lot of other things are kind of starting to settle into place. Uh, we did hear that. Brad Trilliving said that uh, it's still going to be probably a, a couple of weeks away before he starts to head out on the uh, head out on the boat for some fishing. Um, he's still got some things to do with this team and uh, Nylander trying to figure out what he wants to do or coming up with a, a trade, fielding phone calls and offers or trying to formulate something is also uh, something that I'm sure over the next couple of weeks he'll be doing as well. 
Uh, something that he did get done today, though, was find a head coach for the Toronto Marlies. So they're still looking for the assistant coach to replace Spencer Carberry, but they did find uh, their next coach of the Baby Buds, the Marlies. And uh, we'll tell you who that is on the other side. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morissuti. You listen to the Locked On These Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome back into the Locked On Leafs podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morissuti. Uh, so Dave, a familiar name was hired to be the Marley's head coach, John Gruden. No, not that John Gruden. Unfortunately, not that John Gruden, although that would be very entertaining if uh, football's John Gruden randomly got hired to be a head coach of a hockey team. But uh, no, former NHLer John Gruden ends up uh, um, on the uh, on the bench of the Toronto Marlies as the head coach. Um, lots of experience on an NHL bench as an assistant, was with Boston last year, uh, was with the Islanders a few years before that, uh, had a head coaching role last in 2018, we ended up winning uh, the OHL championship as a head coach of the Hamilton Bulldogs. Um, ended up losing in the Memorial Cup that year. Uh, but, you know, there's some experience with uh, with John Gruden, and we'll see what he can do with, uh, with the Toronto Marlies. But Ryan Hardy, who's the Leafs assistant general manager and technically the GM of the um, Toronto Marlies, that's kind of how it works, um, said, quote, we're very pleased to name John the head coach. John has supported the development and performance of his players throughout his coaching career while delivering team success at every level. And notably, Ryan Hardy and uh, John Gruden did work together with the uh, U.S. National Team Development Program um, about 10 or so years ago. So there's a f- some familiarity there as well, which I'm sure is, uh, is you know, what uh, allowed those two to link up uh, as a duo. So John Gruden, newest Marlies. Head coach, see what he's got. Yeah, I mean, it's good that they got a guy who's obviously worked with a lot of younger players because the Marlies have kind of—I'm not going to say been lackluster, but they, you know, it's felt it felt like something needed to change, right? Because obviously, this is a development team. It's not like your typical some AHL teams where you know these these teams need to win and need to be competitive. For at least, it is a development track for a lot of their prospects, but they've also needed a little bit. It felt like just a change was needed to get this program a little back on track and, you know, a little more symmetry between what the, you know, ever since Sheldon Keith left, it kind of felt like there was just that lack of cohesiveness between what the Leafs were doing and what the Marlies were doing. So hopefully that by adding Gruden, they can, they can get back on track in that regard. Yeah. Hundred uh, percent. You know, it just doesn't seem like they're getting as many guys breaking through. I mean, I, well, eh, maybe we shouldn't say that because I think Pontus Holmberg and Bobby McMahon, when they were given opportunities, yeah, yeah. they did come up and and they did play, uh, you know, play well for what they were asked to do at least as the role as as role players, bottom six guys. Um, you know, there was that time when the Leafs had like all of their defensemen who were out and. Dudes like Mac Hollowell uh, had to come up and, and play some games. Philip Crawl, I think, came up and played uh, a game and, and you know, wasn't overly exposed. Uh, but for the most part, yeah, the, the development hasn't quite been, you know, next level, I guess you could say. Um, 
but either way they wanted to 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 make a change what's weird about that is like that whole staff the all of these all of the coaching staff of the marlies were let go like the day before dubas got fired that's mm-hmm. what's kind of weird about that whole situation and um they end up replacing him with uh, with John Gruden, which uh, hopefully it goes better for this John Gruden than the last John Gruden. Uh, <laughs> uh, if you're a football fan, I, I guess you would understand what I'm talking about there. Uh, but yeah, we'll see what the Marlies end up doing. Like uh, what they do, they lost in the first round this year in the playoffs. So hopefully they have uh, a, a bit of a better run. They got some fun prospects though. They're going to be coming overseas finally like i think topi nemela is going to be a full-time marley next year uh i believe hildeby might be a full-time marley uh yeah. next season as well of chinnikov is going to be a full-time marley so there's a couple of guys uh roni hirvenen as well also from the finnish league so they're going to have some uh some fun prospects uh that that they are hoping that they can produce and and churn into nhl talent and obviously they're hoping that john gruden can uh, can can help do that. Himself. Even Ryan Tverberg, he's going to be full time with the Marlins, yeah. I think too. Yeah, right from uh, UConn, old UConn uh, guy, seventh round pick a few years back. Yeah, so he's another player that uh, you know is going to be exciting to see what he could do. We got to make it up to some Marlies games this year, man. We haven't, we didn't go to a single Marlies game at all last season, not one. So we're going to have to make sure that we get some. Uh, we'll do some, you know, lockdown lease Marlies outing. Maybe we can get some of the. Some of the fans to come out. We can see if we can get like a bulk ticket deal and potentially do a locked on Leafs Marley's game. Cause uh, let's face it, we're never going to get tickets <laughs> to the Leafs, like a bulk tickets to the Leafs. It's, it's not that easy to do. But Marley's, I think we could probably, probably do something. Go check out uh, the Baby Buds one night with, with a bunch of the, the fans here within the GTA. If you guys like that idea, maybe we'll look into it. Let us know in the comment section down below. If you'd like to, uh, to try and set something up like that, maybe we can try and reach out to the to the team and see if that's you know possible to do next season. Um, but yeah, so should be uh, should be an interesting change with the Marlies next year under John Gruden. All right, buddy. Any last words? Anything you want to say as a final thought before we send it off for the day? Uh, let's just hope that we still have a lot more stuff to talk about because we, uh, we definitely want to keep, uh, definitely want to keep the folks here entertained for the next uh, few weeks before we go into three episodes a week. Yes. Yes. Uh, which will be coming at the mid, mid July, a couple of weeks in July, but we still, while there's still lots of stuff happening, uh, we'll be bringing you daily, uh, daily content. Uh, but that'll do it for us here. Today on the podcast, I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Lockdown Leafs podcast on all podcast platforms, including up on YouTube. Receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore Morissuti. Follow the show as well at Lockdown Leafs. We'll be back with another episode for you guys tomorrow. But until then, keep it locked right here on Lockdown Leafs.